What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hello, church family. This is Marilyn Mitchell, and I have the pleasure of serving as Women's Ministry Director at New Vision's Buchanan Campus. Today, we have the honor and the challenge of studying Judges 3, verses 7 through 31 together. And um, I'll pick up on verse 7, reading in the English Standard Version, and attempting to pronounce some of these proper names and places in their original form. So bear with me. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asherah. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of Cushan Rish Athayim, king of Mesopotamia. And the people of Israel served Cushan Rish Athayim eight years. But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the people of Israel, who saved them, Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him, and he judged Israel. He went out to war, and the Lord gave Cushan Rishathayim, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand. And his hand prevailed over Cushan Rishathayim, so that the land had rest forty years. Then Othniel, the son of Canaz, died, and the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel, because they had done what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He gathered to himself the Ammoni and the Amalaki and went and defeated Israel. And they took possession of the city of Palms. And the people of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, 18 years. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, and the Lord raised up for them a deliverer. Ehud, the son of Gerah, the Benjaminite, a left-handed man. The people of Israel sent tribute by him to Eglon, the king of Moab. And Ehud made for himself a sword with two edges, a cubit in length, and he bound it on his right thigh under his clothes. And he presented the tribute to Eglon, king of Moab. And now Eglon was a very fat man. And when Ehud finished presenting the tribute, he sent away the people who carried the tribute. But he himself turned back at the idols near Gilgal and said, I have a secret message for you, O king. And he commanded silence. And all his attendants went out from his presence. And Ehud came to him as he was sitting alone in the cool roof chamber. And Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. And he arose from his seat, and Ehud reached with his left hand, took the sword from his right thigh, and thrust it into his belly. And the hilt also went in after the blade, and the fat closed over the blade, for he did not pull the sword out of his belly, and the dung came out. Then Ehud went out of the porch and closed the doors of the roof chamber behind him and locked them. When he had gone, the servants came, and when they saw the doors of the roof chamber were locked, they thought, surely he's relieving himself in the closet of the cool chamber. And they waited till they were embarrassed. But when he did not open the doors of the roof chamber, they took the key and opened them, and there lay their lord dead on the floor. Ehud escaped while they delayed, and he passed beyond the idols and escaped to Sheirah, when he arrived, he sounded the trumpet in the hill country of Ephraim. Then the people of Israel went down with him from the hill country, and he was their leader. And he said to them, Follow after me, for the Lord has given your enemies, the Moavi, into your hand. So they went down after him and seized the fords of the Jordan against the Moabites. 
and did not allow anyone to pass over. And they killed at that time about 10,000 of the Moabi, all strong, able-bodied men, not a man escaped. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel, and the land had rest for 80 years. After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 of the Philistines, or Pelishti, with an ox goad, and he also saved Israel. Well, not exactly sure what you expected when you clicked on the podcast for today, but if you weren't already reading ahead in in Judges, you may have wondered exactly what kind of story or podcast it is that you've stumbled into. If anyone has ever told you or you have ever thought that the Bible was boring, I beg you (laughs) to reconsider because this is a more action-packed, riveting scene than anything Hollywood could conjure, and the historian of Judges does not spare us any of these gory details. So I hope that my attempt to pronounce things in their original form hasn't overly confused you. We are definitely still talking about Israel or Yisrael and about their repeated cycle of disobedience and deliverance. We see how Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And every time I see those words in scripture, it just breaks my heart. My heart aches how over and over again, our holy promise-keeping, ever-faithful God pursues us and is uh, ever drawing us back to him despite our continued faithless evil bent. In verses 8 through 11, we see how the people of Israel's evil and disobedience resulted in them becoming servants. And it's so, isn't it so interesting how in neglecting and rejecting God and seeking evil, they found themselves slaves, servants to the king of Mesopotamia for eight years. And how they cried out to the Lord and he provided a deliverer. You may remember Othniel. If you remember um, our study of Joshua, there's a brief cameo of Othniel in chapter 15. And he was gaining some recognition during that time. So it's sobering to think we're not so far removed from all these victories in Joshua's time, right? I mean, Othniel was there then. He's here now. So it's a little bit sobering to think about how Israel has become corrupted in such a short amount of time. But Othniel was part of the, like, OG. He was the original group that had seen and experienced God's deliverance over and over in the past. And God used him now to judge Israel and to overcome their Mesopotamian oppressors. It's fascinating if you dive into some of the history of this passage and of this time. It's this Mesopotamian king. His name, as we see it in scripture, is Kushan Rishathayim. Okay, now it's interesting because scholars tell us that that's kind of a suspect name. It's not really like a personal name because the de- the way that we would interpret that is literally Kushan of double wickedness. And so it's kind of like the historian here is is making a deliberate distortion to either kind of ridicule this oppressor or really just let us know what this is about. And I, I think this is, we don't want to miss these kinds of things. This is This is rich, right? This is a deep understanding of what's happening here. It's the wickedness of Israel that led them to their um, captivation and to their oppression. And now here's this doubly wicked Kushan who's going to mete out that consequence of their sin. And so I don't, I don't want to miss that. But Othniel, it's so awesome because it talks about, how, we, we have to assume he's more aged here, right? Since, since his first mention in Joshua 15. Um, but the Lord used him and it says the Holy Spirit came upon him um, and gave him that strength and that power. So um, 
this is the first way God chose, well, not the first way, but the first way in this passage um, that we see how God chose to raise up this deliverer, Othniel. But then we see a second deliverer, Ehud, that's mentioned in verse um, 12. And, and sadly, we need an Ehud, right? Why? Because we see that as soon as Othniel died, the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And as it always does, that sin led to consequences. And so yet again, the people of Israel were overrun. This time it lasted 18 years before it tells us that they cried out to God. And he, in his divine, unmerited favor, sent yet another deliverer, Ehud. Now, in this particular story, why scripture tells us these very specific kind of gory details of how this particular victory was won is maybe a mystery we'll figure out on the other side of glory. But since it does give us this detail, I mean, he's left-handed, he's reaching for the sword on his right thigh, there's, there's importance here. And we don't have time to dig into that in the podcast, but don't miss that. I really encourage you, if you have time this week, to really dig into some of the commentaries and history on this um, particular part of this story because there's so much more there than we can dig into. But one thing that really fascinated me that I don't want to miss here is just this interesting parallel to the idea that the word of the Lord is is, is a two-edged sword. Isn't it interesting that it takes the effort to tell us that this, this is a two-edged sword that Ehud uses and that when he's about to deliver that sword, he says, I have a message from God for you. And then boom, we see that his life has ended. And so I think it's fascinating, this correlation here between this two-edged sword and the word of the Lord. And then what we know through the through the revelation of the rest of scripture um, about how it says the word of the Lord is like a two-edged sword. So um, things like this, guys, it's so there's so much meat in the way that we study the word. And these very specific details are meant to do that. They're meant to inspire us to dig deep and to see what God um, is doing here. And so I hope that you'll do that um, since we don't have time to, to to go much farther um, in that today. But what happens? Um, Ehud did very cleverly deceive and ultimately kill Eglon and escaped without notice. We see him sound the trumpet at Ephraim and the people of Israel came together and defeated 10,000 Moabites or the Moavi. And now God, gracious God, faithful God, grants the land 80 years of rest after this victory. And then we just have this one verse here, verse 31, and it seems kind of like a brief footnote, but let's not miss Shemgir because it's no less worthy of our awe and respect at God's ability to work miracles in both individuals and the collective. Here we hear that he defeats 600 of the Philistines with just an ox goad. Now, if you don't have an ox goad laying around, it's a farm implement, kind of like a large staff that you might think of when you think of someone herding sheep but this one has a pointed end um, and so it's kind of like a cattle prod used to guide livestock and so here we see Shamgar he eliminates 600 Philistines with an ox goad Um, and it says he too saved Israel so the Lord is so faithful our God is so faithful and time and time again continues to save continues to redeem continues to deliver and he does it using seemingly ordinary people and things. So there's so much we could talk about. There's so many um, ways we could take this discussion. But my challenge for you, my challenge for me today is just to meditate on the faithfulness of our God, how he time and time again is our strong tower, our deliverer. He can do so much more. He is so much more. He loves us so much more than we can ever comprehend. He is faithful and holy to deliver justice and consequence for sin 
but he hears us. He hears the cries of his people and he longs to deliver and restore us to relationship with him. So let's not forget to remember what he's done and what he is doing. And um, we're going to see this story continue. We're going to continue to see the rise and fall of the Israelites as we continue the study of Judges. And I pray that we allow God to see what we need to see as we do this study and where in our lives we need to remember who our God is and to serve him faithfully um, because he is so, so faithful. So we look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow as we continue our study together. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.